The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. What are the most successful change leaders of today doing that makes them stand out? Welcome to Inside Transformational Leadership. Our program is produced by the Institute for Transformational Leadership at Georgetown University. We'll explore the inner game of transformational leadership, sharing insights from renowned leaders and faculty from our world-class leadership and coaching programs. Now, from Georgetown University, here is this week's host. Yay! Hey, kid, I guess that's us. That is us. <laughs> Hi, Mike. Hi, Kirsten. How are you? I am great. Isn't this amazing that this is actually happening? We are making the coaching sugars dream actually come true. Yeah, it is amazing. Uh, so we're Mike McGinley and Kirsten Olson, and we're honored to be here as guest hosts mm-hmm. of Inside Transformational Leadership. And we're going to be doing a three-week special pilot of The Coaching Sugars, real Mm. compassionate coaching advice served up straight. For three weeks straight, just like you said. Yeah, we we first just want to give a shout-out to the podcast and the goals of the Institute um, for creating a worldwide community of leaders and coaches committed to enlightened and compassionate leadership. And we just so resonate on that, and we are so all about that. So that is really a part of our sense of gratitude in getting this program started. So I thought that just just as a way of um, dipping in, I wanted to offer a little bit of background on the Coaching Sugars. A couple of years ago, my local NPR station, which is WBUR in Boston, created an incredible podcast called Dear Sugar, which is an advice podcast hosted by Cheryl Strayed, who wrote Wild, the book Wild, and her friend and writer, Steve Almond, who is a wonderful, very learned fellow. Instead of quickie answers to life's questions on this podcast... The hosts are in a real, complex, juicy set of conversations. They offer nuanced, thoughtful, candid, from-the-heart responses to the questions of their listeners, and their relationship with each other really shines through. They get amazing letters from their listeners, and their show is often a really moving 50 minutes of listening. And since, as we all know, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery, Mike and I dreamed of offering up the same kind of program for coaches and leaders, advice about coaching dilemmas that was not about giving the right answers with a lot of certainty and authority, but about offering really truthful, thoughtful, compassionate musings based on our own coaching and leadership lives. And the truth is, I just really wanted to hang out with Mike. 
<laughs> and you know that's mutual, Kirsten. Uh, I would do any type of leadership development work with you anywhere, anytime, any day. Uh, and this is a lot of fun to be able to do this. So, you know, instead of telling our letter writers the right, right way to resolve their dilemmas, we mm. instead just want to think and feel out loud while speaking to the dilemma of the letter. Yeah. So we're so trying we're this trying out together. This out together. <laughs> <laughs> Today's our first run, and we don't know exactly how things are going to go, but we're willing to dive in anyway. Um, so here we go. Yeah. And so we're relying on you, our amazing community, and this is a most incredible community, to help us lead the way. We want you to let us know what you think or to send us your own letters at our very own Gmail address, which is the coaching sugars, all one word, at gmail.com. So we really would love over the next couple of weeks to hear from you about the coaching and leadership dilemmas that tug at your heart and soul, because that's what we're trying to be in right here. So shall we get started? Let's do it. Yeah, this first show has got a theme that we've entitled Messy Breakups. (laughs) It's about breaking up or not with our clients. (laughs) And we got a lot of letters about this one. Yeah, it's really interesting. This was a strong theme for us in the kind of initial pass. So I'm going to read this first letter. And it's about a client who abruptly ended a coaching engagement without notice or warning. Let's read this letter. Just listen into it. And then Mike and I are going to talk about it a little bit. So it starts, Dear Sugars, I'm writing for your help and thought, maybe even solace, because even after a couple of years, I'm still thinking about an abrupt ending to a coaching engagement I had early on in my coaching career. This is one I totally hadn't anticipated. The leader I was coaching and I had established goals and outcomes early on and met in person every other week, just as usual. I check in periodically to make sure the engagement was working for my client, asking questions like, are you getting what you need here? We move forward, or at least I thought we'd move forward, on leadership presence, somatic noticing, and delegation to staff. We had two coaching sessions left, and then I received an unexpected email. Need to cancel. We'll probably not be able to complete the last session. We'll let you know. Then, one month later, the next email said, won't be able to finish last session. We'll be in touch. And that was it. Nothing. No follow-up and no email. Cue narratives and internal stories about how I had failed my client or not met their needs. Sometimes when I'm too close to a problem, I have trouble coaching myself out of an emotional space. I felt a physical emptiness and a vastness for the loss of this client. My skin became overly sensitive for several hours. Even after all this time, I'm still thinking about this. What are some best practices for recovering, evaluating, and learning from this loss? Thank you for your advice, dear sugars. Lost a client, still thinking about it. 
So this is um, this is pretty action packed. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think loss touches on something that every one of us coaches has experienced um, mm-hmm. at least once or twice in, in our journeys as coaches, and it's the notion of I, I think deep down it's wow, client isn't getting out of this everything I wish they were getting out of this, and yeah, and, and all of the kind of. Um, resulting feelings that emerge from that yeah right you, you know when, when we first saw this letter kirsten the yeah the the thought that occurred to me is is what buddha says right attachment is the root of all suffering mm. and and that just screams loud and clear to me in this letter attachment is the root of all suffering and so it it kind of begs the question what is it that you're attached to what's the outcome that you're yeah. really attached to yeah. And I think in situations like this that lost identifies, um, I, I think it's really easy to get attached to the outcome of, I want to be of service. I want to be a superstar coach. I want to be helpful mm-hmm. to people. And so the most dissonant thing that can possibly happen to us is when we get evidence that flies in the face of our self-identity, right? It's like, yeah. I'm a great coach. I'm yeah. helpful. I'm adding value. And then something hits us upside the head that says, well, not so fast, maybe you're not, right? right? right. And that's really tough to grapple with. And so when yeah. you hear language like Lost uses around like physical emptiness and vastness mm. and actually mm. manifesting in the skin, it's yeah. pretty amazing. And, and it's believable, right? If, you've, if yeah. you've been doing this work at all for any time, it's believable because we've all felt that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm so with you. So that's beautiful. Thank you for bringing the Buddha into our very first letter of our very first coaching conversation. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm, I'm just so with you on, on everything that you've said. You know, um, Mike and I have heard this letter twice now, and we've talked about it, and I just went really deep on it, especially the second time. As you say, there's so much, this is action-packed. So... For me, there's a kind of first piece, which I think you're, you're getting at um, so well, which is, as we all know, when we are a starting out client, um, we're starting out coach and we're working with some of our first clients, really every little interaction we can take as feedback on our worth as we are setting out on this new piece of work. So... Um, so congratulations to Lost that Lost did ask the questions about are you getting what you need? And it sounds like still something happened which is unknown to us as it has for <laughs> virtually every person who has been a coach or a leader. And so then the place that I went was um, what really happened, kind of following um, on this, what really happened for lost, and hearing those descriptions of the sense of vastness of this loss and the fact that it's still around, it really came to me that there it feels like there's some sense of unworthiness that emerged around this, and maybe even a sense of shame, mm. and that this feeling that um, Lost is still having is really asking to be listened to 
and is a very powerful teacher for lost and for all of us in situations like this where it feels just excruciating and we really don't want to turn towards the feeling and investigate it, but in some ways that's exactly what we have to do um, is, is really go there. And I love Brene Brown, beautiful shame researcher who says everyone knows what shame is, um, just no one wants to talk about it. And it is one of the very hardest things to do, I think, is to investigate where are we holding these feelings in our body? What are they related to? Um, why are they coming up now? And it just seems like this letter is a call to, um, to look further into what else may be going on there beyond the very, very common situation of the client exiting stage left for reasons that are not clear to us. Yeah, I think it's a really powerful notion, Kirsten. And and, and let's stay with that thread. Let's say mm-hmm. let's say that every situation like this is an opportunity to evaluate what we're about and what we care about and what our what our greatest fears might be. Mm-hmm. And so this thread of unworthiness or shame or I'm just asking the world to be listened to. Mm-hmm. What do we do with that? So the, the last line in Lost Letter was something around, how do I evaluate this? How do I learn from this? What are your thoughts mm-hmm. on yeah. what loss can do? Yeah. I love, I love that. And um, uh, thank you also for, for lifting that part up because last time we didn't talk about that quite so much. Um, so my... My thoughts about that, and you know I'm going to turn this back to you in just about one second, is that this is a a really courageous letter for Lost um, to to write because Lost is facing into, with a lot of honesty, the fact that this this these feelings are still around. So my my thought is that. Um, there is an opportunity, if Lost wants to, to go back to this client sort of as a first-order thing and see if it's possible, if Lost wishes, to have a conversation about what happened. Um, and that's just kind of informational, and it seems to me good practice for us as coaches is when things don't go as we think they should, is there an opportunity to circle back and just to learn more about it, to go back with a sense of curiosity? But I also really do feel like Lost has laid out some beautiful, powerful work in terms of what really is coming up for Lost. What is Lost feeling about this particular sense of disconnection and what would it mean for Loft to journal about that, to notice that somatically, and to turn directly towards those feelings and speak to them, whatever they may be? Mm-hmm. Because I think that will be a path to bringing these feelings into the light and strengthening lost coaching practice 
that's doing something that we often ask our clients to do. Yes. No, I love that. And, and, I, and I'm guessing that's not a very heavy lift for a coach, right? So for a coach to write a letter like this that is so bold and courageous um, and something that has stuck with, um, with the coach for some time, right? I think, I think the writer mentions that it was early on in their career and it's right. still with them. And so I'm guessing, I guess we could take it as a leap of faith that they've done some of that work, right? And then this opportunity of the coaching sugars emerges and they jump on it and say, hey, maybe I can get something additional from, from the sugars that I haven't gotten on my own doing my own kind of reflection here. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's what makes this fun for us and hopefully mm. valuable for our listeners. Mm. So I'm, yeah, I'm, as, I, as I listen to this yeah. thread, Kirsten, I'm, I'm kind of melding the two things. You know, what I said about attachment to outcome is the root of all suffering. And then this notion of shame, they, these seem to go together, right? So mm-hmm. in this case, I just wonder if Lost has... Lost set their sights on something that they didn't get, right? And that's what results in shame. And I, mm-hmm. I just think there's a way, there's a powerful way to reframe this, reframe, again, the outcome that we're attached to, where if this exact same scenario happened of a client bailing towards the end of the engagement, it doesn't have to result in a feeling of shame. There's a completely different way to hold that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I love where you're going and just, just say more about that reframing. And we are just about to go to break. So um, maybe you can, you can flesh that out more um, as, we, as we come back from that. But I love the idea of we know these, these kinds of disconnections are going to happen. And um, how do we have powerful practice around them so that they aren't they don't knock us so sideways. Um, we, don't, we don't experience them as a vast physical sense of loss, which is exactly what loss says. Spot on. So um, when we yeah. get back from the break, we'll dive deeper into this issue of how do we reframe this? How do we change the outcomes that we're attached to? And Kirsten, I think you and I ought to share a couple of personal stories that that lost letter resonated, um, you know, mm-hmm. kind of jolted free in us. So join mm-hmm. us after the break. We'll continue. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now, toll free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Founded in 2012, the Institute for Transformational Leadership, ITL, is an international center for inquiry, research, and education about the nature and requirements of leadership in the 21st century. Our mission is to develop and sustain worldwide communities of transformational leaders and leadership coaches dedicated to awakening, engaging, and supporting the leadership required in the world today to create a more sustainable and compassionate future. We 
currently offer four cohort-based certificate programs, the ICF Accredited Certificate in Leadership Coaching, the Executive Certificate in Transformational Leadership, the Certificate in Health Coaching, and the Certificate in Facilitation. We also offer a range of ICF-certified advanced coach education and leadership courses for experienced leadership coaches and leaders at all levels. For more information about our programs and how to apply, visit scs.georgetown.edu forward slash ITL. Email ITLprograms at georgetown.edu or call 202-687-7000. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Inside Transformational Leadership. Produced by Georgetown University's Institute for Transformational Leadership. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please send an email to itlprograms at georgetown.edu. Here again is your host. Hi there, and we're back. This is Kirsten Olson and Mike McGinley, the Coaching Sugars. And we have during the break, been just pausing and thinking about where we have been. And I, I, Mike and I were talking about the fact that this is such a complex, um, kind of multi-dimensional dilemma that Lost is laying out. And my my really strong sense in working with a sense of unworthiness and shame in my own life um, and also what do we know from this wonderful emerging set of research on this is that simply by talking about those feelings of unworthiness and bringing them to light gives them much less power in our lives. And so just... I'm affirming the, the, again, the sense of bravery of this letter, the acknowledgement that lost is not trying to sweep this under the carpet and say, this, this isn't still here for me. And also that, um, that lost turn to um, themselves with a sense of real compassion that this, this, um, this is, this is for real, and this is really a part of our work, and the most powerful thing we can do is to bring it forth honestly and to make ourselves vulnerable around it, to say what's real. They, um, the, the, that old um, adage in 
um, healing work is what you can feel you can heal. So if you don't deny that you feel this way, then you are about 50% on your way to, to actually working through it yeah. and um, having it have a lot less power for you. So, so disconnection is part of what our work is, and that's, that's straight up what we're in here today. Yeah, no, thank you, Kirsten. That's, um, it's profound and it's, and it's meaningful. Um, and, you know, as, I, as I've been thinking about this and listening to this thread, um, what comes to mind for me is, is my actual first experience with coaching myself came from the mm-hmm. other side of the table, right? So mm-hmm. as an executive and, and coaching was offered up in my company and um, I'm never the smartest guy in the room, but I was just smart enough to go, hey, if this is free, maybe I should take two of them. And so I did, and and I and I did it with actually some a fair amount of excitement. And and in retrospect, I was imagining what coaching would look like. Right? I didn't know mm-hmm. anything about it, but I was imagining this really cool, interactive, fluid process um, yeah. where I would get some some great self awareness and and some new actions I could take. And and I chose our CEO's coach, thinking, well, if if he's the coach of the CEO, he must be the best one, and so I'll work with yeah. him. And so with great fanfare, I had the first session and it was a complete thud. I mean, I hated mm. it. I hated him and I hated it. Mm. And, and in mm. retrospect, it was just a little bit too um, didactic for me, right? Yeah. Um, it, yeah. it, was, it was very formulaic and I'm, I'm kind of a divergent thinker and he wanted to converge right away on like, what are the three things you want to work on? And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, if I knew those things, would I need you? Um, aren't we going to yeah. engage in some kind of process where I gain yeah. some illumination on those things? It's like, no. So what are those three things you want to work on? So the moral of the story here, Kirsten, for me is I realize this guy is a great coach or he wouldn't be doing what he's doing. And this is not a great match, right? right. It, he's a great coach. So both things can be true. He's a great coach. And coaching with Mike McGinley just isn't a great match. And so as I made the transition several years later into coaching myself, I carried that with me, right? I'm not the right coach for everybody, right? Mm-hmm. I'm just not, right? And so when I'm, when I'm at my authentic best, I know that I'm a mismatch for certain people out there in the world. And being yeah. okay with that is the most yeah. liberating feeling in the world. And so yeah. I've learned to be okay with that, both in the sales process, right? I'm not yeah. attached to the outcome of winning the business. I'm attached to the outcome of they need to get a pure, clear view of who I am and what it would be like to work with me. And if yeah. they decide that's for them, awesome. And if they decide I'm not for them, even more awesome, right? Yeah. But that's the outcome. And so when, when I'm able to frame things like that, it takes the sting. I mean, there is no sting um, from, from a client, a prospect or a, or a real client walking away because both things can be true. I can be a great coach and I cannot be the right fit for that client. Yes. That is just, yes, a right on, yay, wild excitement from the crowd. Um, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, one of the things that I love so much about you, Mike, is kind of your um, straightforwardness about stepping into that and um, a sense of sureness about that, that um, you may not be the right coach 
for everyone. And um, But there are lots of clients for whom you are exactly the right coach and um, a superb coach. And I guess I think that that's the piece here that, um, you know, were we to circle back with Lost now, I bet that Lost has a much stronger sense of that um, as as you go along in your coaching career, I think you develop more equanimity and poise around that. And um, so, so there's a, there's a real piece about, I think that, that you raised about not getting too attached to outcomes, especially at the beginning to being open to whatever is. And, um, you know, again, props to Lost that Lost asked, are you getting what you need, client? Um, because that's really hard to do as a first time, as an early coach, because what if the client says they're not and you have no idea what to do about that? Well, um, and, and can, I, can I just jump in on that point? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're celebrating that Lost asked, are you getting what you need here? And right. I, I see it from a slightly different perspective, right? I, and maybe I'm going out on a limb here, Kirsten, but to me, Lost is kind of putting that energy out into the universe there, not only into the universe, but to their client, like yeah. this, um, almost this like anxious That's energy, beautiful. like I'm here to make sure you get what you need. And um, yeah. do you know what I mean? I and do. So that itself but could have created some of the um, kind yeah. of less than optimal coaching engagement Absolutely. that resulted. Absolutely. Uh, um, a sense of possibly of needing affirmation right of needing to be confirmed in the engagement that was burdensome yeah exactly and so we don't we don't know that right it's just we a possibility that. that emerged yeah. for me as i as i saw the letter um a couple of times yeah. again something but, that's an incident that is ostensibly years old and that that point was brought kind of front and center in the letter. It just felt to me like there was something with gravity to it there. Yeah. So that's just where I was about to go to, which is that there's a sense of um, the way that this is um, really sitting heavily on lost, which for me just makes me feel so compassionate um, towards lost that we can get, um, kind of all tangled up in our own feelings about about whatever this event is and and they can have really painful long lasting impact I think, and I bet you're right that lost has done some some work around this, but still it's there so what else what else is needed lost? And um, how are you? How are you working with those feelings of um, of disconnection in your coaching engagements in general? And as you say, Mike, maybe you know this is a powerful question in some other ways too. Which is, man, what is so wonderful about our work because it's always about that. What is the yeah. energy that we have facing forward into the world and how do our clients reflect that back to us in the intricacies of our engagements with them? 
Yeah, the old notion, you know, our clients bring us exactly what we need to work on and yeah. they are and they are yeah. the most accurate reflective mirrors um, possible. Yeah. yeah. But this, you know, this kind of this paradox for me of turning towards the hurt, um, not facing away from it, not keeping it in shadow, writing this letter is a great piece of that and when these feelings show up, are you, how, are you turning towards? Which is, as, uh, you know, as we say, exactly what we would encourage and support our clients to do. I love that notion. Yeah. Yeah. So isn't that like an amazing gift of a first letter? <laughs> it feels like it. It does feel like it. Yeah. Should we yeah. put a bow on it and move on? Yeah. Yeah. But just to say again how much our our um, work as the sugars is really about getting these um, powerful, deep letters from our listeners. So we're, we're so open for more. Open for business. And more we have. So um, in this second letter, which is authored by a coach named Stuck, um, we explore the dilemma of the coach who feels trapped, right? Trapped with a client who's not really engaged with the coaching. Um, He's doing it because it's on offer and it'll look bad for him if he doesn't complete it. And a coach who feels like he can't end the coaching relationship for reasons that we'll hear, um, Mm. even though it's making him feel inauthentic and ineffective. Yeah. Yeah. So, so um, it looks like we're just about to go to a break. So can we jump right into this as soon as we come back? Um, so I think we've got about five minutes. So maybe we, um, yeah, what would be better? Should we read the letter before break or wait yeah. till after? Um, yes. Yeah, you can see we're, I'm, at least I am still getting used to this format. So yes. Yeah, why don't, why don't we read the letter and then we'll... We'll uh, jump into it as soon as we get back from the break. All right. So the letter goes something like this. Dear Coaching Sugars, my coaching dilemma has two dimensions, an inability to establish a coaching agreement and an ethical question about terminating the client relationship. Thank you for listening about this. The client, whom I didn't really know at all previously, was assigned to me as part of a leadership development program in which all participants receive follow-on individual coaching. This client was, in my estimation, technically smart, had held strategically important senior positions, and had been sidelined for what he called stupid political reasons. He was bitter, and he was sure both that he was right and that they were all wrong. As the coaching engagement unfolded, I found that he had no interest in identifying coaching goals, considering other perspectives related to a situation, exploring new paths forward, or any self-exploration. Instead, he wanted to go through the motions of coaching to check the box that he had completed the leadership development program. Now, as an optimist, I thought, one, wow, tough client, interesting challenge. And two, I'll bet I can draw him in through trust and safety. Well, I was wrong. As we moved forward, it became clear that my client was not interested in moving beyond his current way of seeing things and was only willing to use the coaching time as bitch sessions. I explained that this was not coaching, and I raised the idea of mutually terminating our work. 
he had zero interest in doing this because it would look bad for him if we terminated the engagement early. Frustrated, I wanted to fire this client, but by then the picture had grown even more complicated. Along the way, the client had shared with me that there were pending lawsuits between him and his organization. While I did not want to be party to pretend coaching, even more than this, I didn't want to be pulled into a lawsuit. I felt stuck and vulnerable, feeling that if I fired the client, my brief involvement in this complex saga might not end well for the client or for me. For him, I really wanted less pain. I hoped for an opening in his perspective that would eventually create more space that would help him. And I relied on my optimistic view that all things are possible. For me, I wanted either to create a breakthrough for him or to get the hell out of Dodge. (laughs) I began to worry that I wouldn't be able to create either of these outcomes, and that was wrenching for me. The coaching relationship was dysfunctional on multiple levels. In each meeting, I tried to coach, and he acknowledged that what I was doing, he acknowledged what I was doing, more than once saying, wow, you're really working hard at this. But he was not going to budge in his perspective, nor was he going to engage in any real coaching dialogue. He was always quick to schedule the next meeting. I grew to dread every session and felt guilty to be party to wasting coaching resources. What's your advice, Coaching Sugars? Signed, Mm. Stuck. Mm. All right. Any initial thoughts, Kirsten, before we um, go to the break in about a minute or so? So um, don't, um, just off the top of my head, don't you love the optimism of us as coaches? (laughs) I do. um, uh, I just, I just, it's just so marvelous that we believe that we can work with anyone and um, that, that through sheer force of goodwill, and good in, and good intentions and kind of um, right placed feet on the ground, we can make the thing happen. Yeah, you know, in spite of all the mileposts giving giving signals that you know, this is not going to Happyville, I'm like, no, no, this is good. This is good. I'm on the right track. We can do this. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I know that I am able to turn almost any situation around just um, by... Um, by the power of um, belief. Yeah, I, I love that part that, you know, I can, you know, through trust, trust and intimacy, I can draw him yeah. out, right? I can draw yeah. out this client. I can make things different than they are today. That's right. Yeah. So let's dive deeper into this, Kirsten, after yeah. we get back from the break. Beautiful. All right. We're- markets up or down or if you're looking to improve your portfolio our experts are ready to talk to you call now toll free 866-472-5790 that's 866-472-5790 voice america business network
founded in 2012, the Institute for Transformational Leadership, ITL, is an international center for inquiry, research, and education about the nature and requirements of leadership in the 21st century. Our mission is to develop and sustain worldwide communities of transformational leaders and leadership coaches dedicated to awakening, engaging, and supporting the leadership required in the world today to create a more sustainable and compassionate future. We currently offer four cohort-based certificate programs, the ICF Accredited Certificate in Leadership Coaching, the Executive Certificate in Transformational Leadership, the Certificate in Health Coaching, and the Certificate in Facilitation. We also offer a range of ICF-certified advanced coach education and leadership courses for experienced leadership coaches and leaders at all levels. For more information about our programs and how to apply, visit scs.georgetown.edu forward slash ITL. Email ITLprograms at georgetown.edu or call 202-687-7000. markets up or down or if you're looking to improve your portfolio our experts are ready to talk to you call now toll free 866-472-5790 that's 866-472-5790 voice america business network Listening to Inside Transformational Leadership, produced by Georgetown University's Institute for Transformational Leadership. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please send an email to itlprograms at georgetown.edu. Here again is your host. Hey, here again are your hosts, Kirsten and Mike, the Coaching Sugars. And we are back um, after. Talking, reading the, our second letter um, from Stuck, who was explaining his, um, his sense of uh, really being trapped um, with a client um, in a whole variety of ways. And before the break, Mike and I were just talking about how much we love <laughs> our coaching colleagues and, and, our, and ourselves. Because there is this tremendous sense here of optimism that I can work with anyone and also a sense of kind of self-confidence that, um, that Stuck can work with this tough, interesting challenge and draw him in through trust and safety. So beautiful, beautiful parts of what we do in our work. But then to me, this piece emerges um, around the lawsuit and the barrier that the lawsuit creates to disengaging. And I would say more even than the lawsuit, which seems to me to be, um, you know, a piece but not a huge piece is really that there's a sense perhaps of fear, of a reluctance to confront this client. And... um, and that leaves that leaves stuck feeling vulnerable and um, in a place that is really uncomfortable for him. And so when he says in each meeting he tried to coach this client, 
and the, the client says, wow, you are really working hard at this, there's um, a sense there of uh, the coach, you know, potentially really needing to call the client on the fact that that, can, that might feel demeaning, diminishing to the coach, and that that's really the work here um, potentially with this client is to to bring that forward about what's actually going on moment to moment here in um, this engagement. And there's a sense of um, stuck really having some reluctance to do that. So that's, that's part of what I hear first off, off the top. No, I I think it's spot on Kirsten. And, um, you know, what comes to me as I, as I, ruminate on this even more and I hear you talking is is something I frequently hear myself say, which is, you know, coaching is never hard, right? If we have the right <laughs> mindset, there's nothing that. that can happen in coaching that's difficult. And again, I, maybe mm. I'm a one trick pony and everything goes back to the attached, the uh, outcomes that we're attached to. Mm. But if, if what we're attached to is I'm going to be an interactive mirror for this leader and I'm going to give them a sense of how they're showing up in the world. And, right. and part, part of that sense I'm going to give them is my own experience of them. Then coaching is never hard, right? Because the most, you know, Stuck paints a picture of a really difficult situation with this client. And I get it. Yeah. And you get it. Yeah. And we all get yeah. it. Right. And I think it's only difficult when we're not clear what we're about, right? Yeah. It's 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 only difficult when we don't have total clarity. And so it's really easy to fall into the trap here of not being totally clear because we all do come at this from this place of service and wanting to be helpful right. to people. Okay. And and again when the conditions are not present for us to be the most helpful, we can spiral. And and again in in my perfect world, the conversation here would look like um it would look like exactly what you said Kirsten confronting this leader with Hey, let me share. Let me share what I'm noticing about this engagement. Let me share all the ways I notice that you're showing up as a leader. What are the other yeah. places you show up like this? What are the implications of that? Exactly. How, are, how are people around you responding when you do this type of thing in their domain? Right. Exactly. Make make this thing the coaching subject. Yes. Yeah, and I love just as you're saying that, Mike. Um, I am really feeling the way a little somatic piece, the way it feels like stuck. And again, we can all relate to this. Haven't we all been there? Is kind of moved up um, into stuck's head about the lawsuit and the necessity of sticking with this um, really uncomfortable engagement, really under the terms that the client has designed. And um, that if stuck, we're able to drop down and, as you say, be with what's really happening, then it's, it is much less hard to say, look, this is how it lands on me when um, you say something to me like, you are really working hard at this client. Let me just play that back to you. Exactly. And, um, and let's, let's be present to that um, in this moment. So it it just it feels like um, this is a place where 
Stuck has gone um, into a pretty complicated story. Again, I'm saying this with a lot of compassion as someone who has a lot of, a lot of work up in her head, um, that Stuck has gone into a place that is making it hard for Stuck to really engage with the power of the coach to be present to the client in the moment. Yeah, beautiful. So, Kirsten, let me ask you. Um, let's use your. Let's use you as the use case here. So, yeah, great. So, as somebody who who does lots of work in her head, what are the early warning signs for you that you're too much in your head? And when you heed those warning signs, what's your mechanism to drop down into your soma and coach from that that more powerful place? Such a great question. Um, such a great question. So. I'm thinking literally about when we notice that we have a lot of energy above the neck, like if we can track on that. To, to notice, it's almost like uh, I imagine these little, you know, this sort of busy constellation around the coach's head. There's a lot of thinking going on. And for me, the reminder to really almost um, make my head a funnel and allow the energy to drop down through my throat, into my chest, into my belly and pelvis, because that gives us the kind of energetic presence, I think, to be present to what is um, with our clients. And without that, Without that um, kind of um, in-touchness somatically, I think we're always working a little hard Mm -hmm. at what the story is. Mm -hmm. Let me just, let's kind of bookmark that imagery you just created for us, Kirsten, which is amazing, right? So what, the way I heard that is, is there, you notice the constellation, right? This flurry of activity. And once you notice that, you kind of like shape shift into a funnel so that that energy can seep down. I love that. And I've never heard you say that before. I've never heard anybody say that before. Mm. And it strikes me as something really practical, useful um, for me Mm. and and hopefully for other Mm. coaches who are listening. So I'm just going to turn this back to you and say, what would you say about yourself when you notice yourself up in your head, possibly stuck up in your head. Yeah, you know, for me, you you kind of diagnose this. So, um, and it's it's a combination of what I said before and what you said earlier, Kirsten. Um, I've gotten pretty expert at noticing when things get difficult. Like I just mm-hmm. don't. I just feel like yeah. a coaching relationship should feel very fluid. I mean, these are all kind of trite metaphors, but you know, like a dance, right? Like very fluid. And so it, it doesn't happen very often for me these days, thank goodness. And when it does, where I notice that it just feels stilted, um, like Mm -hmm. we're stepping on each other's feet. Um, I, I, I realize if it's difficult, something's wrong and the wrongness lies with me. Right. Mm -hmm. And so what is it that I'm doing? And, and again, usually it's, it's a function of, um, I'm trying too hard to diagnose the issue so I can look brilliant yeah. in kind right. of playing it back. 
Yeah. Or, or maybe maybe my presence lapsed for a moment or two and I missed kind of a key element of the story and I'm too embarrassed to kind of circle back and ask. Um, <laughs> these things don't happen. These don't happen as much as they used to happen for me, though, because yeah. I don't have that embarrassment. I'm Again, coaching, yeah, coaching is never difficult if you'll just be with it. And being with yeah. it means you know what, I think I missed a critical step of this story. Can you go back about two minutes and, and yeah. replay that for me? There's no yeah. shame in that, right? Yeah. There's, I think for me, the shame comes in realizing that I missed a step of the story and then like, no, but I'm pretty quick on my feet, so I'm going to figure it out. And my right. being quick on my feet is taking energy to, in a place, requiring energy for a reason that isn't serving our greater good. That's so beautiful. I love that. Is the way that the should really takes us out of the energy of um, the coaching um, dynamic. And we're really up in our head trying to be something or, or appear in some way that we're not. And that's all um, really takes the charge out of um, heart, belly, pelvis. So I just, I, I love that. I, I really love what you're saying. And I guess I'm, I'm, I'm reflecting how in, in both of these letters, the ways in which we experience discomfort with a particular client is really exactly about um, kind of what's, what are the pieces of work that are calling to us as coaches, where's the territory that we need to step into boldly following the discomfort, which seems so counterintuitive. But whatever that is, is the teacher that really has to lead us out of the dilemma. Yeah, beautifully said. And, you know, there's there's a kind of an obvious piece to this that we didn't touch on, and I just want to pay respect to Stuck in the situation. So Stuck mentioned that this is a leadership development program where, you know, there's lots of people going through a process and they all get coaches as part of it. And so, you know, I think the stakes can feel even larger in a situation like that because ostensibly we're working as a subcontractor with a larger entity and we've got several like clients and, and so the feeling can be, if I mess up one of these, I'm putting this whole right. gig at risk. That's right. And so I, I just think we'd be remiss not to introduce kind of the practical financial implications. You know, coaches are, are trying to make a living as well. And so it's, right. it's real easy for us to be up here on the balcony looking at this and right. seeing, yep. seeing where the openings might be. And you and I both appreciate, Kirsten, how, how it can be hard to see those openings when we're in it. Um, and this is a situation where I just feel like it would have been really easy to feel like the walls are coming in and the ceiling is, is coming in yeah. and we yeah. can't see all the openings from that place. That's great. I think that's so important is um, there's, a, there's a practical reality here and um, I think Stuck has described that so well, um, a, a kind of squeeze that um, takes take stuck maybe out of the place where they would optimally like to be. And um, don't, don't we have compassion for that? And also then there's a piece about, um, you know, there's also a kind of wear and tear on us as coaches 
when we cannot be in the, the authentic place that we really wish to be in. You know, there's a kind of compromising there that also just is worth calling out as well. That's right. All right. This is awesome. We've got to wrap in about um, 30 seconds. Um, Kirsten, you're amazing. I already knew that. And now um, I'm so glad that more of the world gets to know that. I just love working with you. Yes. And Mike, um, you know that... um, Falling into a space where um, we get to talk for an hour is nothing but joy. And I want to invite our listeners, um, everyone besides our moms, um, to, um, <laughs> to, to please consider writing us a letter and um, helping us uh, really get into whatever juicy, heartfelt dilemma you may be in that we could noodle around with. And that is um, to the coaching sugars at gmail.com. Yes. And, bring, them, um, bring, bring yeah. the letters. So we're, we're Kirsten, o- Kirsten Olson and Mike McGinley. We're the coaching sugars hosting a special three part series on the ins and outs of leadership coaching, courtesy of the Institute for transformational leadership at Georgetown. Yep. This is inside transformational leadership. And we hope you love the show. We'll be back next week with, Oh, that client. (laughs) Who can't relate to that, right? (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. you. Thank you for joining us this week on Inside Transformational Leadership. Please tune in for another edition next Monday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our programs, please visit scs.georgetown.edu forward slash ITL. We'll talk again next week.